0: Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMac Talks Press. I am doing something a little different with the podcast. I am bringing you a special 12-part series, and in the series... I sit down with three presentation and communication experts to tackle some of the biggest presentation questions we receive from our audiences. The experts are global communications expert, Monique Russell, Robert Honorado, who's a director of education and a professional speaker. And then there's Diana Howells, an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and global virtual trainer. You can check out their bios at the end of each show, but for now, tune in and take notes. This is going to be a good one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. Bridget McGowan here, and I have with me again my guest co-host, Monique Russell. Monique, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bridget. I'm so happy to be back. I'm happy because we have an outstanding question today for our center piece of our conversation. And it is, how do you sound confident while still sounding like yourself? And I know you got this question from a couple of ladies who were kind of like, how do I continue to sound confident, but then also sound feminine? Because often people will mistakenly call confidence kind of a masculine type of thing or they feel like they've got to be tough and aggressive and rough and that's not necessarily the case so we're going to talk about not just how to sound confident and still sound feminine but just how do you sound confident while also feeling like it's still you up there on the stage. I love this question so much. And I also like how you, um, you know, put the pieces in terms of how people tend to think of confidence as being masculine or even, you know, being loud and, you know, taking up so much space that nobody has any space to shine. And that's really not it. Confidence comes from you having a very solid belief in yourself about what you know and what you can deliver And it's also a feeling. So there's two parts. You tend to have that confidence in your competence, which is different because you know what you do, you've done the preparation, Um, but then the feeling, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode in terms of nervous energy or how to sound like yourself. First of all, I always tell people, have an opinion, like take a stand for something. What do you believe in? What do you agree with? What do you not agree with? What are you curious about? What are you considering? What did you notice or observe? Uh, because too many times you will come across as not knowing your stuff if all you're doing is quoting every other person out there in the world. Yes, we can use those quotes to inspire us, but we don't have to let them acquire us and we try to adopt someone else's personality or someone else's style because that's when it feels very fraudulent and robotic and, People can kind of tell. They're like, no, that's not you. You're using someone else's story. Use your own story. People want to hear your own story. And if you feel like, oh, I don't have anything to say, you know, people have already heard it. Just think about chocolate. (laughs) Chocolate. There are so (laughs) many different pieces of chocolate. I love Snickers, for example. But just imagine if there was only one type of chocolate, how boring that would be. But everyone gravitates to their own piece of chocolate. And that's the same way it is for you when you're telling your story and you want to seem or feel confident and still be yourself. What do you think? Well, I agree. But oftentimes people have a hard time with telling their story because they feel like there's a couple of things going on. So one, they feel like if they share too much about themselves, their personal lives or anything like that, that they're kind of giving away some of their power or they feel a level of discomfort where I, you you don't need to know all that about me, right? So there's a couple of things going on there. And then there will be, there will be some people who feel like they don't have a story that's interesting enough to tell Or why would anyone want to hear me? Or they just don't know where to start with the story. So I have a little bit of an exercise for everyone to help you find your story, get confident in telling your story and figuring out, I I want you to think about the lessons that you can teach people from your stories. And this this will help you sound more confident while still sounding like yourself. So there's four parts to this exercise. The first part is I want you to make a list of or create a history of your significant uh, past jobs or past clients or past projects. And this can include game-changing projects or jobs that pushed you to a whole other level in your business or on a totally different career path and write down what you learned from that history of past jobs clients projects that you use today that's one the second one is I want you to write down experiences you've had that shaped who you are and what you do today now these experiences don't necessarily have to be all positive I mean you know we love the the blood and gore and and downtrodden because we feel like we're not alone but at the same time this is so powerful because you can focus on a seemingly negative experience and show how it ultimately contained a really amazing gift and then it shifts your audience to think about wow I've had some kind of messed up experiences too let me try to dig and find the great gift or the great gem in it. Number three, think about people you've, you've crossed paths with and they influenced who you've become. It might be mentors, teachers, families, members. It could be random strangers on the plane. I know, Monique, you and I travel a lot and I know I have a story of a lady named Maria who kind of impacted me and just kind of had me thinking about the meaning of life for the umpteenth time, but still... She was just a very sweet young lady. But yeah, just think about people you've you've come across, people that are just part of your life for a moment or for a length of time and how they impacted you. And then the fourth one is think about your talents and skills and abilities that you've gained through this unique history that's all yours. The jobs, the clients, the experiences, people that you and only you have met and interacted with them in the way that you've interacted with them. And these are those skills, those talents, those abilities. These are byproducts of the life or the career that you've lived thus far. So when you can nail down and just have a clear vision of all of what makes a few and you're able to craft stories because, you know, just like I remember Maria, I hadn't thought about her in a while, but she had just finished a mission in Tempe, Arizona uh, and she had been here for like two years and she shared pamphlets with me and <laughs> she was just so sweet. But you'll think of stories too and that can build your confidence in your speaking while not losing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. I love that framework, picking that inventory um, and then getting comfortable picking out which one to use. And as you get comfortable with each of those stories, you will be guided on what part to use um, for which audience. I think just to your point, like sometimes people will feel like, oh, I don't know where to start with this story or do I tell the whole story or how much deep in the story do I go? Uh, But definitely once you start to take that inventory and then you get to practice and really sit in those emotions, oh my God, the beautiful thing about the story is sitting in those emotions um, and then helping your audience to feel what you felt during that time. Yes. Yes. And really thinking about what you learned from it or what your takeaway was or what you do differently or should do differently, you know, get away from just telling the story and then that's it. But then think about how are you going to extend learning? How are you going to transform people? I think about a story that I share ever so often when I do a presentation skills workshop. And I talk about how I started doing faculty development for an ed tech company back in 2009. And I was traveling the country visiting colleges and universities And I had colleagues who were positioned throughout the country doing the same thing in their own territories. I had a territory of 13 states out west, but sometimes my travels would take me to New York, which we all know is nowhere in the west, right? So we would travel the country and we would do workshops and conferences and webinars and such. And I remember one time being out in California, getting ready to do a faculty development workshop. I think it was maybe on active lecturing or something like that. And I would do sessions like, how do you engage three different generations in a college classroom? Because in 2009, 2010, that was a reality. We had just, you know, dealt with an economic downturn. People who had been in their industries for however long were now having to regroup and reassess. And so they were going back to college because they had lost their jobs. So they're reinventing themselves So you would have an 18 year old, a 30 something year old and a 50 something year old in the same classroom. So I would do workshops like that. So I'm sure this was no different. So I'm getting ready for the workshop and a professor comes up to me and he's just kind of peeping the scene and checking me out and looking at the title slide. And he says, What can you teach me about student engagement or lecturing? I have food in my refrigerator that's older than you. What? (laughs) I said, you know what? I respect that. And I won't tell you how old I am. How about you give me about five or 10 minutes And if you don't see any value whatsoever, or you don't see a way into this workshop giving you something that you can take away and use in those five or 10 minutes, feel free to leave and I will not be one bit offended. Yes. He took the challenge and said, okay, let's see what you got. And I started the workshop and we went on about our way. And do you know, he stayed for the entirety of the workshop, became a fan, was engaging, asking questions, (laughs) interacting. Mm -hmm. But my point is, I talk about in a presentation skills workshop and sharing that story, how it's incredibly important to give your audience value right away. And that is a confidence booster in your presentations. When you give your audience value, when you solve a mystery, when you answer a big question in your opening words, that builds confidence. Was I rattled by this man who probably was old enough to be my father or even grandfather? Was I bothered? Child, please. I didn't bat an eye. I just said, strap on your seatbelt and see what's about to happen (laughs) let me know if it's worth your while because I was prepared like you were saying earlier it's about having that preparation knowing what you're going to go going to go in there and say being confident um in in your knowledge and and what 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 you can bring to the microphone and Mm -hmm. that's that's so the starting point it is it really is. I like that story. You just remind me of, cause I didn't know I, I had a teaching um, background too. I taught for about seven years, communication skills, public speaking. And it's so interesting to see how, when students would come in and they're in their jobs, you know, their managerial titles and they're coming to learn how to do better presentations. But I think that no matter what, it didn't it didn't matter if it was a recent grad or someone with the GI bill coming in from the army everyone felt the same so I just want to say like to anyone that is listening, don't think that you are alone. It doesn't matter your title, your age, how long you've been speaking. Um, People tend to leave the public speaking class to the very last before they graduate (laughs) because they're so nervous um, about it. But you're hearing the tips, you're hearing things on strategies and practices to integrate so that you can be uh, feeling confident, delivering confidently, and your audience will also, um, they will pick up on your your feeling. You know, when you were talking about how we'll leave that public speaking class to the very end of our college journey, and, and that's when we'll finally take it because we're pushed to the edge. I don't believe I have ever shared this on the show. So everyone, this is going to be your ultimate confidence booster. I didn't wait to take my public speaking course, as you can imagine. I was ready. Where do I sign up for it? It was in my freshman year that I took it. I mean, one, I was a communication major, but two, speaking in front of a crowd, I mean, I did pros in high school, one at the What local, regional, state level, please, you know, public speaking class, bring it on. What you got? I took it as a freshman, and I distinctly remember who taught the course. I see her face now. And you'll hear students say, Oh, I I didn't do well because the teacher didn't like me or the professor didn't like me. This professor, hands down, Monique. Did not like me. She would nitpick every little thing. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it was clear to me that she was doing this so that she could have justification for whatever grade she gave me. Here's your confidence booster. Everybody, I've been a professional speaker since 2001. The one C that I have on my transcript, be it law school, Bid, undergrad, bid. My master's was in public speaking. No No way. No way. What? No lie. I'm telling you, I can't remember any exactly the nitpick, but I just, you know, you'll remember, you'll forget exactly what was said, but you know the emotion that it conjured up in you. I could not do anything right in that person's eyes, in that teacher's eyes. Absolutely nothing. Wow. I, I mean, the, the the size of my index cards that I showed up with, yeah, I'm telling with my eighties, <laughs> right? right, the color ink that I used on the index cards was wrong. I stood, you know, two inches to the left of the center of the room and I should have moved. I mean, i you know, I kind of sound like I'm being dramatic or facetious right now. But it was that kind of nitpicking that I remember. Uh, You know, I was in Army ROTC. We wore our battle dress uniforms, our BDUs on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And coincidentally, those were the same days that I took public speaking. And I'm fairly positive that she took issue with me not quote unquote dressing up for speech and wearing my BDUs that day. wow okay so so what is the lesson from that the lesson is I'm glad that I did not let that one experience deter me yes you know you you know you know you got it going on you know you know your industry left right inside out And, you know, that experience probably could have prompted some people to say, I'm changing my major. If I can't get an A, at least a B in the basic public speaking class, what am I going to do when we start talking about mass media? We start talking about uh, theory and what what are we going to do and start writing research papers and looking for internships? If I can't get over a basic public speaking class yeah don't let one person one event one experience determine your outcome but yes so good I don't know that I've ever shared that Monique and I thought about going and retaking the class I said Bridget you don't have anything to prove to anybody you know the bottom line you know if You had had a different instructor because all my other courses, A's and B's with the bulk of them being A's, hands down. And I didn't do anything differently. So, you know, for me, that was a, that C was more indicative of her performance as a professor and her personality and attitude than it was of my performance as a student especially given it's the only one I only see I have on my transcripts yeah, anyway. That, that that's a story and I like that yeah. you share because for people who are listening especially you may have a bad um what you consider to be a bad performance or a bad delivery but don't let it derail you don't let it get you down too long don't let Negative thoughts start circulating and ruminating about what you could have, should have, would have done. Look for the opportunities and the lessons Um, because each time you do it, practice, 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 you're going to continue to build the confidence muscle. And then you will get better at being okay, making those mistakes and being okay with, with criticism, you know, no matter no matter what, we we don't really like to have criticism that's not constructive, but we get better at dealing with it, so. And a big shout out, a huge shout out to all those other professors who saw my brilliance, who uplifted me, who supported me. As a matter of fact, one of my communication professors also was a professional photographer on the side. He photographed my and my husband's wedding and did- Yes. So, and that was years after I graduated when I got married and I just stayed in touch with him. And so, I mean, huge shout out to all the professors and a shout out to the public speaking professor because she gave me the story that I can share now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just It, you know, when you have those experiences that don't feel the best or don't seem the best on the surface, I think it pushes you to appreciate the experiences that do uplift you even more. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So Monique, when have you found yourself needing to make sure that your confidence is bolstered, but you're, you know, I don't know, maybe not feeling it. (laughs) So when it comes to speaking, um, I remember, well, a couple of times, but I will share, um, it was, I don't remember, maybe it was four or five years ago when I was going to the Bahamas to deliver a keynote speech. Um, Lisa Nichols was the speaker, uh, the closing speaker, and I was the opening uh, speaker. And I already wrote my speech out And I had it prepared and everything. Kayleen Newton was the middle speaker. So there were three speakers. And, you know, this is a place where I grew up. So (laughs) I was being brought in to deliver to people who knew me, who, who knew me as a young girl, who knew what I was capable of. And I felt like the pressure was on a lot and the night before um, my mom flew in she often comes to a lot of my events and my classes and my speeches and she flew in the night before we went to get something to eat and i was delivering my presentation you know she sat down i was delivering my presentation and she always gives me pointers and tips and feedback and for some reason it just it just wasn't feeling right i was like oh it just no that's not it that's not it But I had already practiced it before I even came. Um, But what happened was the evening before there was a reception before the big event. So going to that reception before the big event helped me to feel the audience a little bit different. And then I realized that what I had prepared wasn't going to be the exact message that I needed to deliver, especially given what external environmental conditions were happening in the community at that time. So I went back home that night. And, you know, we were sitting there and we were just talking it through, working it through. And I literally rewrote almost 80% of the entire presentation. So can you imagine from having that level of comfort to being able to rattle it off in my head on the plane, coming to the night before doing such a major chop, chop, chop. I drove there the next morning. I was just like, oof. I got to play my affirmation CD over and over and over and over because I started to feel the flutters, you know, what if this, what if that? And my mom was like, you know, you, you have the CD, you tell people to listen to the CD before they do the speech, listen to your own CD. (laughs) Okay. Follow your own advice. (laughs) So I did, and I went on stage because I was sharing vulnerable information when I could share vulnerable information to audiences that don't know me from a can of paint it's so much easier than when you're sharing with someone who knows you or who has history about you, who may not have been exposed to those parts of you. And I did. I shared it. I let it all out. And I shared it with confidence. And when I tell you the impact, the tears, the transformation that happened in the room to date, this is what, December, like to date, that is one of my most memorable transformative moments as a speaker, uh, just personally and audience wise. And I mean, even up to two years after I was still receiving messages about the presentation so that is one that goes down in my history books you know I think all speakers have you know certain key speeches that leave an indelible mark on them either something happened but that one for me is one in my history book for sure uh, because I had all the little flutteries and all the little butterflies and I took a big major action that could have could have not been the right one uh, but it was so yeah yeah Wow, 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 wow. Wow, that is amazing. That that's an amazing story. Okay. I want listeners and seldom do I plug my book, but I think it is relevant in this moment. So listeners, grab yourself a copy of Real Talk, what other experts won't tell you about how to make presentations that sizzle. Second edition. And Monique writes a wonderful review. Thank you so much. I love. But what it I want you, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. What I want you to do is read chapter two from start to finish. It's not incredibly long; it's about thirty some odd pages long, but it's on how to establish your credibility. Credibility is very closely connected to confidence, and in chapter two. I cover the way you've been introducing yourself to the audience is all wrong. When you get that right, it's a confidence booster. I also cover the body language that's required to own the room. When you get your body language talking the way you need it to talk, it's a confidence booster. And you're still being yourself. I also cover how well do you really know your audience? Like Monique just shared in her example. She got to know her audience during the course of this event. And that piece of knowledge, and when you use it right to shape a message that you believe is going to better resonate with your listeners, it's a confidence booster. I talk about what if you don't have an impressive bio or an impressive background, because that's a confidence deflator for some people. They think, well, who am I? And then they get the imposter syndrome. How can I show up and talk about X? In chapter two of the book, I tell you exactly how to deal with this "situ" quote unquote situation of not having an impressive bio or not having an impressive background. It's a it's a non factor. And then, listen, just get the book, okay? (laughs) Just get the book. And if you want to work on building that confidence chapter two, as well as chapter three, but definitely start with chapter two, real talk, what other experts won't tell you about how to make presentations that sizzle, because it is going to make sure that you're getting that confidence. You're not sounding like somebody else. You're sounding exactly like you and your audiences will love it. Agreed. (laughs) Get the book, get the book. Stick a fork in it, we're done. Monique, really enjoyed this conversation. Listeners, I am Bridget McGowan. Thanks again for tuning in to Own the Microphone. Until next time, keep crushing it. Monique Russell is the global communications expert you want on your team. She teaches women leaders and teams how to increase visibility for more opportunity with public speaking and emotional intelligence. Her clients enjoy positive and productive relationships at home and at work using Monique's effective communications tools and strategies. If world class organizations like Amazon, Microsoft, the Centers for Disease Control, Verizon, Intel, Equifax, And the world's busiest airport, Atlanta-Hartsville-Jackson International, can trust Monique to guide them with communication strategies? You can, too. She is the founder of Clear Communication Solutions, LLC, the author of the book, Intentional Motherhood, who said it would be easy, as well as The Ultimate Speaker's Guide. She hosts a podcast called Bridge to You and invites you to download her free audio of communication affirmations by visiting her website, clearcommunicationsolutions.com.